Good morning, everybody. Hopefully you're having an outstanding morning. We made it through half the, well, I guess technically we haven't made it through half. We are at the halfway point. Toward the end of the day, we will have made it through the half of the week. Hopefully you are having a good day today. Yeah, if you want to be notified whenever the show goes live, you can text DSD Live. Nope, that's the wrong one. DSD Live to 1 598 and that will add you onto the SMS list, which I think did work today. If you do want to call into the show, you can do that by dialing 1 424 373 5483. Or 1424-DSD-LIVE. I had a conversation the other day with a person. We were talking about picking your battles. So that'll be the topic for today. I'm going to do this one a little, a little off the cuff. So hopefully that will go well. Anyways. Let me get everything all all set up. Crazy times. All right, let me just roll that down. Okay. Picking your battles. You know, I, I we I've talked about this in the past about divorce High conflict divorce feels like it's just judicial theater. You dump a ton of money into your attorney. They go and they wave their hands and they say big words and they, they put on their performance. And inevitably, it seems like not much really happens other than your bank account gets severely drained. You'll often hear people say, stay out of family court. And I would agree with that. But the problem is, these folks typically will not come to any reasonable agreement. And you're forced into that because you have no other choice. Either you're trying to, you know, get more time with your kids because it's being completely eliminated or there's some issue that just has to be resolved. I think that the, the toughest part for us on this is we, we get so wrapped around what's going on, you know, the anger, the frustration to where you just kind of get in this infinite do loop of feeling like you have to stay in that situation. Bottom line, you just have to have realistic expectations and understand that some things you just can't keep fighting on. For me, I ran out of money. So, I mean, it was just, it was, you know, once the court order was done and, And uh, violations were occurring. I just didn't have the resource. I didn't have the money slash resources to go back. And I did not have 
the emotional clarity, I guess, to be able to represent myself. You know, these situations are so damn stressful that you're almost better off having someone represent you just because that's their job. That's what they do. You know, all you have to focus in on then is just not making a mistake, especially in court. My point in this is, you, you, let me put it this way. If you have a unrealistic want or, or goal, I guess. Like for instance, you know, if you're wanting, I want 100% custody. I never want the other parent to see the kids again. <clears throat> the likelihood that you're going to pull that off is incredibly low. So it's, you know, it's like, is that worth fighting? Now, a toxic narcissist will oftentimes fight that because they will run the clock out as much as they can because until, until they accept defeat, there's the chance that they might win and they enjoy the chaos. So there is a sense of a victory for them because they are continuing the drama and the chaos. Anyways, let me know what you think about that. I didn't really formulate that really well. So let me, let me, <laughs> let's see what we got going on. iTumblers is here. Says, good morning, DSD. Good morning to you, sir. Uh, Deb, I, I'm not sure if you, your name is showing up as your real name again. So I don't know if you're on the right account. <clears throat> so I won't highlight you today in the off chance that that's a problem. George says, finally made it to a live. Well, glad you made it, sir. If you have a question, please ask, and I will attempt to cover what you're going through. I tell her, says, DSD, you are, uh, are you doing these every day of the week now? If so, awesome. Well, I am going to attempt to do that. So partly, uh, I think I mentioned this on Monday. I'll just re-hit it. I, I felt like I was getting stuck, and I needed to do, I mean, in my real life, and I'm like, I got to do something to kind of shake things up and get my day started better. And I thought, I will try to bring back the morning show. So that's, that's what the whole intent on this is. So I, I, my goal on this is to do this going forward for probably a month or two just to see how, you know, how it works, how it's going. <clears throat> if, it's, if it's helping the channel... If it's helping people out and then reevaluate it, uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully my work scenario situation seems relatively stable. So I don't have to worry about that. Uh, you know, kids are all aged out, so I don't have to worry about that. So maybe I will be in a much better situation to make all of this happen. We shall see. Ted says, Dwayne, I hear you, but it's so difficult to focus on the long game. It is. That is a great point, Ted. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the, you know, the problem I had with that when I was, be felt like I was beating my head against the wall, trying to do the best I can, could for the kids, for myself. And I felt like I wasn't making much progress. I, 
it was very depressing because I'm thinking at the time, I'm like, you know, I'm doing all this, but what am I, what am I, it's like, am I not going to see a result or get some positive feedback from the kiddos until they're like in their thirties or forties? When I just kind of committed to trying to do things differently and I had made peace with the fact like, okay, I'll see results, you know, much later in the kid's life. So they'll come down, they'll come, you know, they'll come down, they'll come over and say, thank you, daddy, for everything that you've done. Now, technically they still haven't done that, <laughs> but uh, what I will say is that shortly once I made my peace with that, things started to pivot and I started to see improvements in the kids. And this all becomes incredibly, well, that's the wrong choice of word. This all becomes easier. I'll just say it that way. This all becomes easier when you start to see results. When you're not, it feels like you're just beating your head against the wall and accomplishing nothing. You got to stick with it and you cannot expect that once you pivot, that the kids specifically, specifically speaking about children, you cannot expect them to immediately say, oh my God, your daddy has changed and all is different. No, they're not going to believe it. You're going to have to demonstrate that you are doing something different. You might have to point it out you know, if they say, well, you always do this and you say, well, I've tried to change on that and I thought I have. I mean, when have I done that recently because I didn't realize it? You know, I mean, you have that type of dialogue. Just just to be clear, do not sit there and lecture them and invalidate their concerns. When, when they're poking you in the eye in the early parts of this and you have communication with it, you need to have them feel like they hear you. Wait a minute. Like you hear them. Sorry. <laughs> you don't want it the other way where they feel like you're only talking and you're not listening to them. And it's tough, right? Because they're going to jab their finger in your eye and you want to explain to them the reality of the situation. But I caution you to not do that. Let them feel demonstrate to them and let them feel like you're listening to them. You're paying attention and you're, and you really want to work to, toward a solution. It is not easy. It's to, but it's an easy, it's not easy to do that. It is super easy to fall into the trap of responding exactly the way they think you will exactly the way they've been primed by the toxic parent to expect you to. And when you do, you're just reinforcing the narrative that's been placed out there. That's what happened with me, with my own father. When I was a little, little child <clears throat> and, all, and was going through this as a kid, my mom was a master manipulator. My dad was very emotional and prone to anger. And as a result, he would respond in a way that would validate 
what mommy was saying. So. Uh, All right, I got to scroll back up here because I scrolled down. Wise chat manager says, good morning, all. Good morning to you, sir. Heather says, good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, I thought George, George said, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> and again, glad you made it to the live show. John says, good morning, friends from Toronto, Canada. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning from, I would say, sunny Southern California, but it's dark out right now, if I would think. Maybe the sun's, oh, you know what? The sun might be coming up. <clears throat> uh, still Prill says, I understand my dad and stepmother, both narcs. They shredded, uh, they shredded each other in court, completely destroyed kids. Ima <clears throat> excuse me. Imagine image, sorry, of any redeeming qualities the other parent had. She won, but she passed away when the kids were grown. Yeah, there's just so much destruction that's created in these situations, and it doesn't need to be. And and sadly, it it really just you would love to be able to say it just takes one person to change the trajectory. And if you're dealing with normal humans, emotionally mature people, then there could be some truth to that, that you could just say, okay, we got to stop this and people calm down. And I've seen that. I mean, I've seen that in, in real life. I've seen people be able to say, wait a minute, you know, this is just stupid. We're just making the attorneys rich. We need to stop this. But if you're dealing with somebody who doesn't have that maturity then they are going to burn everything to the ground in an attempt to get whatever they want. And then sadly, it just stays. You know. And then if they do finally decide, okay, you know what, I burnt everything to the ground, let's be friends now. It's really nearly impossible to, to, to do that. And, and I say partly that is because we get so emotionally... We get so emotionally entangled with, with these people that they still have the ability to get under our skins. So unfortunately, once you realize what you're dealing with, you, you really have to keep your guard up. Otherwise, you put yourself at risk for being re-victimized or being set up. And, and, and guys and gals, do not have hookups with your exes, especially if there's been any indication that they're toxic. That risk to you is, is so great. It's just too damn dangerous. When I hear people do that, I'm just like, oh my God. I mean, you're, you're playing with fire and nothing Nothing good can come from that. Mr. Scott Be Beaton says, hit the thumbs up button. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, Still Prill says, no one wants to visit him. Uh, OW either. I'm not sure. That must be a typo. I, I, I You know, 
see, and that's that's the crazy part. Talk about cutting your nose off to spite your face. You, you get into these freaking battles. And I see, I see this time and time again, too, where later in life, when the kids get older, they realize what happened. And they're just like, I'm done. I'm not, I'm done. You know, I mean, and they may win for a while. I mean, it may, but it seems like inevitably that's what happens is a toxic person creates so much chaos that they, they lose everything in the, uh, in the end. George says, fighting parents lose sight that their children come first no matter how much you dislike that other parent. The kids still love them. Yeah, and I think that the reality on that that you have to remember is, for most of us, we were in love with the other person. We were in denial of the other person. Made excuses, you know. If it was hard for us it's going to be a thousand percent harder for a child who's looking at their parent and accepting what they're dealing with. So it's, it's, you know, I think all of us, I mean, I, to be perfectly honest, there was a time in the early part of this before I really had an understanding of what I was dealing with that there was a part of me that wanted the kids to basically, I wanted everyone to recognize, you know, the demon that was, on the other side of the table and hold them accountable. I wanted the people in the public to hold them accountable. I wanted the kids to jab her in the eye and say, you know, you need to stop this. It didn't happen, you know, and, and here's the reality. Well, let me back up. There were a couple of instances where the, the kids had an awareness of what was going on. And, and what I will tell you is it's heartbreaking when you see your kid have that epiphany, that moment of clarity where they realize that their other parent is a piece of crap and doesn't really care about them. And then it's equally hard two days later or, you know, five hours later when they've repressed that memory and they basically are begging for table scraps from the other parent. iTumblr says, DSD, in your opinion, what does a narcissist do when they continuously lose to you? My ex has lost again against me numerously in court, CPS, the police, and many other professional teacher, doctor, etc. Well, see, here's the thing. I think this is the problem that you have with, <clears throat> excuse me, with this. Let me try that again. I think this is the issue that you're having, iTums. You're equating winning to losing, winning and losing to what you would equate it to. For instance, I think if we were doing something and we, let me pull his comment back up, and we had lost in court, ruled against, we've gone to CPS and they say your allegations are crap, you've called the police and that report was either benign and or against you and everyone else, we would look at it and say, oh crap, this isn't working, I gotta change. For them, the battle and forcing you to do it is the win for them. 
Now, granted, it would be a colossal victory for them if they were able to punish you and win, quote unquote, the way we would like to win with all these people. But that's not what drives them. It's the fight that drives them. So I'm just re-looking at your comment. So what do they do whenever they continually lose? It, it depends on how painful it is to them. Unfortunately, in the current society, this is where moms do, I feel, have, have an advantage <clears throat> sometimes in family court, not always, but they can get away with this stuff and it's like they get a pass on it. You know what? Actually, as I'm saying that, we have a longtime viewer who's a mom whose ex-husband does this type of crap and he just doesn't stop. So, and he hasn't been held accountable. I mean, it's like a toxic narcissistic person has a unique ability to navigate the family court system with minimal consequences. And that's and that's the problem, I Tums. And unless there is a consequence, they tend to continue. All right, so how do you deal with so how do you deal with this? One, as the kids get older and they have a voice, unless they're you know able to be brainwashed, which Typically, as long as we're not making mistakes, that doesn't happen. It makes it even harder for them to continue this because the kids aren't going to, their story is not going to be the same as the other parent. And that has a tendency to, to stop that. But as you're going through this, if you routinely are demonstrating that, that these are all lies, that their accusations are unfounded, it's going to not it doesn't prevent it from happening but what does happen is these people know what's going on you know and they do what they have to do legally but they don't you know but then they generate a report that vindicates you same thing with the teachers i trying to explain to people what's going on especially like with teachers is is rough you just have to demonstrate that you're there for your kid and work with the teachers and the doctors and stuff to, to like, okay, how do we fix, you know, what, what's the best way forward on that? So Tom's, let me know what you think about that. Hey, North South, haven't seen you around in a while. Morning to you. Uh, North South says, never explain yourself to a narcissist. Oh my God. <laughs> That's such great advice. Explain yourself to them, give, is giving them, uh, ammunition to turn around and attack you with. Ted says, Dwayne, as a parent dealing with this hell, I feel not heard. I feel that very few people hear me. I can understand that, Ted. And to, to use the story of the teacher thing, it was incredibly frustrating that as the teachers would start to recognize where the problem was, I had one teacher who was working with me to help help my youngest to uh, you know get get their homework and stuff in and and it was just a nightmare. And I remember, I said, well, what do you you know do you ever interact with the mom? And she kind of rolled her eyes and said, yeah. And I said, well, what do you tell her? 
And she goes, I just don't want to deal with her. So I tell her everything's fine. And I'm just like, oh my God. You know, I'm like, great. You know, so here I am trying to, at the time I was still in that bubble of, you know, you, you know, you clickety click, clackety clack, you're doing things wrong. You need to be better. And the reality is, then you have the teacher saying, you know, everything's great. So it just made me look like an, like I was being an ass. That was very, <laughs> I definitely didn't feel heard then. So North South says, never get emotional with a narcissist. Yeah, if you do that, you're basically playing, the, you know, you're rolling up and they're a master at that, at that game and you're, you're just not going to be, it's not going to be a fair, fair in, interaction Sapper 2B, 221B10 says that is because dads are treated like second-class parents. Yeah, there's still that stigma that, you know, dads are, you know, men are, well, I mean, it's, it's actually across the whole board now, right? I mean, everything is so negative guy nowadays, toxic, toxic masculinity. Every time you see a, a dad in a, I mean, most of the time, <clears throat> well, I will caveat this because I don't really watch a lot of commercials. But it sure seems that every time you see a, a dad, they're a bumbling fool and they don't really know what's going on. You know, I mean, so it's just, it's, it's just set up like that. But I will say, I was just talking to a client last night that uh, even in California, things have pivoted to where it's, it's not like a presumptive 50-50 state. But it sure seems unless you make a, a, a huge mistake that that they can use against you, you're more than likely going to get 50-50. You're pretty damn close to it. You know, so. I mean, I remember, <clears throat> excuse me, I remember telling my, uh, telling the ex that when it's like, you know, hey, we, what are we doing? I mean, we were dumping thousands of dollars all over the ground. And I said, this is, you know, I've talked to a bunch of people and, it's going to go 50-50. You're not going to be able to leave the state and you're not going to get full custody. So we can burn everything to the ground and or you know and go that way, which is what happened, or we can come up with an agreement and settle this and start moving on with our lives. Oh, and I was such a knucklehead back then cuz she was like, "Really? We can make an agreement?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, you talk to your attorney. Okay. And I was like, oh, thank God. And then as the hours wore on, as time progressed, I had this sinking feeling. Oh, crap. This isn't going to go well. <laughs> and it didn't. I remember a few days later, I'm like, hey, what's going on? Well, you haven't. You haven't submitted an offer. There's nothing for us to agree on because you haven't submitted an offer. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Remember, I went to my attorney. I'm like, well, they're saying they won't even consider an offer unless we throw an offer out. And my attorney at the time was like, I'm not doing it. I'm like, I'm not, they're going to say no. I'm like, you're going to do it. <clears throat> He's like, it's a waste of time. I'm like, I don't care. We need to do it. So he's like, fine. What do you want? And I said, I want 50-50, yada, yada. Guideline support, yada, yada. Sent that over. You know, a few days later, 
thank you for your interest in national defense. But at the, actually, that was where I finally got confirm, official confirmation the ex was planning to leave the state because that's what they said. They said, well, you know, little Miss Butterfly, can't, can't, we can't agree to 50-50 because she's going to move 27 hours away and there's just no way that they'd be able to do 50-50 custody, you know. It's like, we don't have the money and the time to fly the kids every week back and forth. So that was, uh, that was a good time. Not... Visible friend says morning from snowy Ohio. I very rarely get to see it snow here. Like every seven or eight years, it might snow or snow sticks on the ground for, you know, maybe an hour or so. I think it was supposed to rain today. That's that's unique for my area. I'm in a very deserty climate, so it's very dry. Alex says, hey, guys, hey to you. Uh, still Prill says hi from Illinois. Hopefully I said that correctly. Uh, Sapper says the way the courts act with a narcissistic parent, the stuff they do is a feature, not a flaw. The way the courts act with a narcissistic parent, the stuff they do is a feature, not a flaw. Feature. Oh, I think is you're saying that that's how they get away with it. They just they don't they're they don't look at it the same way. You know the crazy part is is I firmly believe that if we did if we took up the same pattern of behavior, I think we would get torpedoed. I think if I would have done that, if I would have started like, okay, you know what? I'm going to start making up accusations. I'm going to take things out of context when, you know, when little Timmy says something, and there's a way that I can spin it to, to mean something different. I'm going to write that down and put that in the court documents. Um, I think I would have been barbecued. I just don't think it works the same. Uh, I'm not going to read that one. Keep looking up says, I have a friend who has moved into his home, how to get it out. Mm, not entirely sure what you're saying. Keep looking. So if you could clarify that, I don't know if you're saying he's moved back in with his ex or whether your friends, it, clarify that because there's, there's different ways that can be read. North South says, my kids are now asking her for more time with me. I've never talked, uh, trash talked their mom. Good for you, North South. That's that's typically the best way to do it. And I'm sure if the kids are bringing that up, that's going over like a lead balloon. You know, I remember at one point when my little kids were little, little er, my my oldest at the time, like 13, 14, was like, "Mommy doesn't care where I live." You know, she doesn't care. And I said, "Okay." Test it. Tell her you want to live here. Just bring it up. See what happens. <laughs> I just got biggest saucers. For some reason, he would not do that. <laughs> oh, man. But, I mean, think about it. That's It's an easy way for, for someone to manipulate somebody. You know, so, uh, 
you know, I, I don't, if you'd want to live here, that's perfectly fine. I don't care where you want to live, you know. Crazy times, crazy times. Well, good for you, North-South. I'm sure that's going to add some complexity to it. Keep your guard up, man, because sometimes when we think we're winning on that or, you know, whatever, they are able to come up with a wedge issue. That kind of happened to me. I had my youngest who was uh, going through a phase where they didn't, their mom was just jabbing them in the eye. And uh, and I and I didn't. I mean, I probably I could have easily. I could have let you know if you don't want to go over there and you don't feel comfortable, you can stay here. And I was just like, you know, your mom has some issues, and uh, but it'll be okay. And then you know, like a year later, it's like I hate you. You know, I'm not coming over. That only lasted for like a month, but it was like wow. It's amazing how things you let your guard down and you will get uh, whacked sometimes. Deb says we can't lose sight of why we are fighting in the first place. The well-being of the children come first, even if that means we give up some battles. Oh, yeah. You know, you can't fight every battle. And if you do, you are setting. I mean, you're falling in. You're falling into the trap. And more than likely, it's going to not bode well for you. If at all possible, try to make all the decisions focused around what you think would be best for the kids in that moment. Sometimes that's going to mean, you know, letting them do some things with the other parent that maybe you wouldn't want to do. If that makes sense, let me know. Ted says, I hate how glib and argumentative these that these people are. Well, the, the issue with that, Ted, is that's where their comfort zone is. They love negativity. They love chaos. Even I, I think even whenever they, they spin things around and things aren't chaotic, it's because in their mind they've decided, okay, I've decided that everything can be fine right now, so I'm going to allow you to feel like everything's great, you know, like that drip, drip, drip of you know, love, hate, love, 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 hate, hate, love, that type of thing. I mean, that's, I look at that and I can clearly see that now. Back in the day, I couldn't. M. Scott says, DST, your perspective about maintaining your relationship with your kids is the best approach. The relationship with your kids is independent of the one with your ex. Yeah, it's hard to keep that in perspective uh, because you, you get so frustrated and it's so easy to look at what the kids are doing and just assume or discern that it's happening because of the ex. Sometimes kids, I mean, kids go through emotional development phases that are very standard, you know, from, I mean, it's very well documented too, you know, which means... Oftentimes, when kids become teenagers, they become become a, <laughs> become a pain, you know. And it's easy to turn around and say, "Okay, well, that's happening because of the ex." Now, the ex isn't helping, right? They're, the ex isn't acting like a parent. They're probably acting, wanting to act like a friend. And unfortunately, a child who's wanting validation from an adult and is absolutely wanting validation from a parent figure is going to gobble that up, not realizing that how bad it actually is. 
Why says the problem is the next gets off. Oh, on the fight. I saw, I was reading that flight. I'm like, gets off the flight, <laughs> gets off on the fight. Yeah. They enjoy the fight. The fight is the victory point for them. The sooner we can figure that out, I think it, it's empowering. At least it was for me because I, I had the, uh, the epiphany that by not engaging, it was a victory point for me. That was where I had that pivot to where it's like, before that, it was like, I have to respond. These accusations and these, these things that are being said, I have to clearly interact and say, you know, no on this point, this point, and this point, and you actually are doing this, this, and this. When I realized that that's exactly what she wanted and I stopped doing it, it was easier because it, it felt like, you know, like normally when you engage with somebody and you, and you fight back and you're like, yeah, take that. It was weird because by not doing something, I actually had that same type of an emotional response. It was like, yeah, take that. But it was like doing nothing. And it was the weirdest, most bizarre thing to realize that an action of inaction was an action. I mean, technically, I think we know that, right? I mean, we've probably said that before. It's like, well, no action isn't, you know, no decision is a decision, which is true. But I think normally we don't look at it in that same way, if that makes sense. Let me know what you think. Uh, Jess Wilkline says, Dwayne, thanks for keeping it real. It's good to know and comforting that I'm not the only one that could be going through difficult difficulties in this area. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's weird because we get so isolated and we feel like we're living in the twilight zone that you, you just start questioning reality. So when you start realizing that, okay, this does happen, wow, there's some stories and information that validate my experience. And I think the key is, and this is why I think this channel is important, and then some skill sets on how to deal with it to take your life back is critically important. Now, validation just on its own, I mean, hanging out with a bunch of people who are all complaining about how horrible their lives are and how everything has been ruined there's a short period of time where that is helpful, but please do not stay there because it will corrupt your life. Uh, yeah, just be careful. Kevin says, DSD, in your opinion, what drives a narcissist unrelenting vindictiveness? That's a very, that's a very nuanced question. And I would say this. First thing, we've kind of been talking about it. They enjoy the chaos. Staying in this vindictive mode means that they don't have to look at themselves. They don't have to take any accountability. It helps them stay in the victim mode. The second part is when they realize that they've lost you and at the same time lost control of you and at the same time realize, oh crap, this person knows, this person knows all my 
deep, dark secrets, I must destroy them so that no one will believe anything they say. So when they tell someone the monster that I am, they won't be believed. And that just starts a vicious cycle that just doesn't end. And they have a unique ability to pretend like it's not them. Like, I'm sure if you were to, to run into my ex, it's going to be, you know, it's so sad that Dwayne just won't get over it. You know, it's been 12 years. Why, you know, how can he still be this angry and bitter? And, and just to be clear, I'm okay with her thinking that because the more she thinks that, unless she's watching this right now, the more she's going to, you know, leave me the frick alone. So I think that's the driving point of that, Kevin. I think that, that they have a need for the chaos and they have a need to make sure that your credibility is so damaged that no one will believe you when you expose them. I think, to me, I think that's the, the main purpose of the smear campaign and uh, the false allegations. Violet says, X stole our son and brainwashed our young son in just over a year. He didn't even know he got siblings he raised with. Goes on to say, I've been, whoops, let me see if I can hit the button. Well, that didn't work. I've been in court eight times in a year, got, uh, got to go again to see if I'm allowed 10 minutes, call nearly a year and a half, not seeing my son's. See, and that, it, it, these people can manipulate the system. Violet, I mean, the reality is what I would, you're in, I mean, you've gotten caught in this trap. You're going to have to jump through those hoops to start to reestablish time. And if the alienation is really taking effect, it's going to make it that much harder, which is going to rip your heart out every you know every time it's a constant reminder but you're at the stage now where you have to demonstrate to the professionals quote unquote that the stories that have been said about you are not true you would think that that see the problem is is people are they they take the scenarios and the situations and they equate them to their own personal experience what i mean by this is this we all, let me back up. Before we went through this and understood what the dynamics of this, most of us, most of us, if we heard that a child did not want to see the other parent, we would assume that, oh, wow, that other parent must be a complete ass if a kid doesn't want to see the other parent. So this must be true. And then you start to see, the reality that kids want to be around other parents and even when the parent is bad, they typically still want to be around them. So it should be an indicator that, Hey, something's wrong. You know, if there's like, you know, some not like really strong evidence that something bad has happened, something, something weird is afoot. But unfortunately that does not seem to be the way that it, that it plays out. 
DSD said, or sorry, iTumblr says to me, thanks. Uh, this is back to what we were talking about a little while ago. I believe she feels defeated that nothing is working, but I won't expect it to stop. Just have to expect her to get better at playing her evil game and will adjust accordingly. And that right there, iTums, is why we have to keep our guard up. You always have to have your game face on when you're dealing with these people. Even if they're being nice to you, if it feels like things have shifted, you have to remember that this person will probably stab you in, a th in the throat the first chance they, can, they get. And don't ever forget that. I don't know how many times I've seen people who, who fall into that trap or they're like, oh, I figured them out. I know how to manipulate them or I know how to push their buttons to make this better. And the problem is, is that you can't balance that because it's not a normal thing, right? I mean, most people cannot play that type of evil, sadistic game and not, you know, start to believe the hype. And then if, as soon as you start to believe it, then you make a mistake or you say something, you say something out of context. So I tumblers just, you know, be, uh, be very cautious, <clears throat> excuse me, hopefully at some point. If she continues, you can just switch, you know, have a play, a realistic play to switch custody, kind of like Alex Falcone did to, uh, to stop the chaos. Uh, While it says, they stopped me contacting our child. The doctor said no abuse, though in the time he had him, he programmed him. They stopped me contacting. And when you say they, do you mean the court? If the court is telling you to stop, you have to stop. I've seen people who get restraining orders who find little, you know, they, they, in their mind, they're like, well, the court order says I can't, I can only talk about this issue. So they'll kind of like wrap a big message in that little issue and then it blows up in their face. So I don't know if you're saying you have a, a court order, but you you have to follow that until you can get it changed. Otherwise, they're just going to bury you with it. They'll they'll use your inability to follow, which is so crazy because, again, it's like they don't follow a court order, typically. And it's like they get a pass. You know, if you're the target and you make a mistake, it's like they amplify it. John says the big narcs, I see are these attorneys. We had a judge that would try to be the one to change the direction of the case and say, quote, why is this case in my court? God, I hear that all the time. Can't you figure this out on your own? Yeah, but John, if, they, if you figured it out on your own, how in the world is the attorney going to be able to pay for their new pool or pay for their kid's college? So Violet says, oh, okay, so more complexity in your situation. I'm granny and care for my grandchildren, though they said I was abusing our son, though not stop me looking after my grandchildren. Oh, I don't mean to laugh, but it's like th that is the craziness of this. I had a very similar, uh, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, similar situation to where, you know, the ex was saying, you know, I'm violent. I beat my children 
but uh, but unsupervised visitation every other weekend and and him taking him to school every day uh, is perfectly fine. It's like wait what? You know, it's like how can you say this story? It's like it doesn't. Fall, I mean, thank God. I mean, you know, I, I I'm lucky in the in in the in the fact that. The, the yarn that was that was wielded, I don't know if that's the right word, but the, the story that was told unraveled itself. And this is where it's critically important that you do not get in the way of them undermining themselves. Let them implode on themselves and get out of the way. Just let it happen. I failed to do that. I tried to engage. I tried to fix things. And it just made it worse. If I would have, I mean, I don't know necessarily think, probably there is nothing I could have done to get more than 50-50. But uh, my best case would have been just stopping and letting the other person implode on themselves. I, uh, I didn't figure that out until a few years into the divorce. John says, oh, my God, Dwayne, I said that in court. This is going to be 50-50. Why are we wasting all this money? The judge says, yes, I agree. See, what would be nice is if in that scenario they would also turn around and say, and if it continues and this is what happens and this is pointless, I'm going to award attorney fees, you know, so that your your stuff is paid for. But uh, that typically doesn't happen. Kate says, I find it impossible to, quote, work with, Doctor slash teacher, since my ex has gained rights, they block me from access by by preventing me from preventing me and punishing me if I reach out. I had I'm not entirely sure I understand what you're saying, but I, I I had a similar. Well, kind of a similar experience where the where the teachers and and like the therapists they didn't want to they didn't want to be in the middle. Like the ex would never tell me when the appointments were for the kids. And I'm like, look, you know, you need to tell me. Nope, not going to tell you. So what I ended up doing, having to do to, to counter that is I just called every week and said, hey, when's the appointments for the kids? Do we have appointments this week? And then they would tell me. Punishing you if you reach out. I don't quite understand that because legally, as long as you have rights, they should share information. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about how I dealt with that. Cause you know, a lot of times it's like, well, I, I get, you know, I, I, I sent the information home with little Timmy, you know, or I gave it to mom or in your situation, dad. And you know, they didn't want to, they didn't want to double do it. I don't know. I was I was fortunate that when I worked with when I worked with the teachers, I was able to establish establish a relationship where they would work with me. Um, I mean, initially when it first started, I had I felt like I was at a disadvantage because it was like, oh well, you're the dad and you know you're not involved and and yada yada. And then fortunately with the, in my situation, with the ex's actions, it quickly became apparent of who was the involved parent and they would start working with me. 
Um, and then every year it felt like I had to start over. As time went on and the kids were in the same school, it did feel like they were sharing. Like the, there was that discussion had come up in the, you know, it, it got easier as we went on. And I, if, to me, I thought, I don't know if it's true or not, but I kind of thought the teachers were like filling each other in on what was going on. I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm going to have to... We are coming up on the hour, so we will have to wrap this up soon. Uh, I'm going to keep going through the comments until we run out of time. I will highlight the super chat. North South says, uh, great show and cheers. Thank you, sir. Thanks so much for the support and the super chat. Much appreciated. And when I did that, it scrolled all the way to the top, so now now I have to get back to where I was. I should have highlighted a comment, and I did not. All right, I'm scrolling back up. Oh, I hate it whenever I lose lose my spot. Man, I really lo- God, I've lost a lot of this. All right, so I'm gonna just I'll scroll down and see if I'm tagged. Uh, let's see. Uh, M. Scott says, Dwayne. Uh, now you need to quote rush. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Yeah, absolutely. Just us says, hi, Dwayne. Love your channel. My children are teens and my ex now makes plans through them instead of following our court order parenting agreement. Thoughts? Uh, they're teens. You know, see, that's a tough one. And I fought that myself for the longest time. You know, I'm like, you know, the stuff's not supposed to go through the kids. <clears throat> it's funny because she accused me of that early on. And then as the kids got older, it just, honestly, I hate to say this, but I did the same thing. Uh, it, it just, cause it just, it turns into a crap show. And to be perfectly honest, unless the kids really want to do something, it doesn't matter. Uh, so just as I, I mean, it, it depends, right? You know, you can try, I tried this and you can try it. You can say, tell little, little Timmy, you know, this isn't, and this is what I did. I said, this is not supposed to go through you. If your mom wants something, she needs to tell me. She can send me an email. And she wouldn't. So, you know, I mean, it's just, it's pick your battles, right? It's, it's absolutely wrong. It should not happen. The kids should not be in the middle of it. But at the end of the day, is it worth the fight? Are you going to accomplish anything? Is it worth the thousands of dollars to go back to court and say you're violating the court order and you're hurting the kids? Now, if the kids are telling, you know, I mean, it's the problem is that the kids d- didn't want to do it and would would have a boundary, then they could stop it. If the kids said, no, I'm not doing that, but they won't. <clears throat> so that's my, excuse me, that's my thought on that. Join us if, uh, well, we're going to run out of time here. So curious what you think about that. Sapper says, my question is, how do, how do I keep up the energy and finances to keep fighting? This whole process has been incredibly draining. Sapper, you have to reevaluate what you're fighting for. You know, I mean, it's, it's like, for instance, in my scenario, after my court was done, other than when, the, when my situation, when the ex made the play for my retirement account, which I did have to fight, and I spent thousands of dollars defending that, I didn't have any more money to fight anything. So unless in my mind it was okay, unless 
I was, she was interfering with my time. Like what I mean is, is like, let's say I had, I mean, I had 50, 50. If the ex said, I'm not, you know, nope, the kids have decided they're not coming to see you anymore. I'm not bringing them over. Obviously I would have had to have fought that. So it's just, it's picking a battle. I've talked to, I've had clients in the past. I had this one gentleman and I'll say this story, then wrap this up. Who was like, you know, called me up and was like, hey, you know, X has switched the school for the for little Timmy. And that's and I am absolutely that is not gonna happen. And I said, Okay. I said, Well, if that's a you know, die on the hill moment, then you know, you have to fight it. You know, yeah, I have to fight it. I'm like, okay. So guy goes to court, you know, spends thousand dollars, and next thing I hear, he's like, What am I doing? I've dumped seven thousand dollars and I don't even care. And I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, excuse me? I didn't say, or I didn't answer, I didn't say it that way at the time, but I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, then why did you fight it? Well, because it was wrong. I said, but you don't care? No, it's a fine school. I'm like, oh my God. You know, so you have to, I mean, it's like really pick your fight. It's not, most of the time, it's not worth it. Like I tumblers earlier when he was talking, I mean, if you guys know him, his situation has forced him to have to do stuff, right? So those are the scenarios where it's like you don't have a choice. But you really have to, to decide what is it worth. And unfortunately, just, just us, if your kids are teens and they're planning stuff with that, or not planning, but, you know, it's like, I don't even, I'm not even sure what the details are, but you know, I, more than likely I can surmise. It's like you have your 50, you have your custody sharing time. And now the kids have, well, I have this event that's happening, you know, on your weekend and I really want to go and mommy's going to take me. That's where I talk about, you know, what is the best choice for the kids? I mean, you can, you have every legal right to say, no, that's my time. You're not going, you're going with me. And that is a wedge issue that will light your relationship with your kids on fire for what? Are you right? Yes. Could you win that battle? Yeah, you absolutely could win the battle, but you could lose the war. So on that, I have to get ready to go to work. So thank you so much for hanging out with me on this Wednesday morning. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, if you know somebody who this might help, share it with them. If you're new to the channel, hit the subscribe button, click the notification bell, sign up for the SMS notification. And uh, we will be back tomorrow at 6 a.m. Pacific for another one. Have a great rest of your day, and I will catch you tomorrow.